0: Welcome to another week of Behind the Lens. I'm Debbie Lynn Elias, film critic of many of you know me, Moviesharkdeblore.com. You can find me in print and online all across the United States and around the globe and every Monday right here on Adrenaline Radio at 11 o'clock Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And we have a fantastic show. The past few shows have been absolutely incredible. Amazing, amazing guests. Uh, the cast and crew of Call of the Void, the cast of Always Worthy. And we're going to follow up Always Worthy today at 11.15 when director Mariana Palka joins us. She was tied up shooting when her cast was here the other week. So we're going to make it up to her today and she's going to be here. And now she can talk about them behind their backs because they're not on the line. But this is it. The moment that all of us classic film fans have been waiting for this week is the 2016 TCM Classic Film Festival. Starts Thursday in Hollywood uh, and runs through Sunday, May 1st, uh, down at uh, the Chinese Theater in the Man's Complex. Also screenings at the Egyptian, uh, presentation, a live interview with Faye Dunaway at the Montalban Theater. So... Go to the TCM website. There are still tickets available. There are standbys. There are will calls. It is one of the best festivals around, especially if you're a classic film fan. And we're in for a real treat today because I am so thrilled. At the half-hour mark, we're going to have joining us social producers. TCM started this last year at the film festival, having social producers who would interact with all of you out there online and those at the fest. Uh, to really make this an immersive and all inclusive fan experience. And it was so well received last year. TCM Film Festival, they brought back social producers this year, and we've got four of them joining t- with us today Kelly Pratt, Aurora Desmond, Kristen Lopez, and Anne Marie Gotti. I can't wait to hear. Each one has a different campaign for how to interact with all of the fans out at the festival. You can win prizes, you can win ribbons, you can win buttons. Buttons are a very hot commodity at TCM Film Fest, let me tell you. So the girls are going to join at the half hour, and they're going to tell us all about what they have going for all of you Fest goers and how those of you that couldn't make the Fest can still participate and see and feel the excitement via social media. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to that. And, of course, we're going to talk about the festival itself. And some of the great things that we're going to have coming up. I know a lot of people i have already voiced some, some sadness and disappointment that Robert Osborne will not be with us again this year for health considerations. And we all understand that and appreciate it because Robert is the face of TCM. And if it means missing the fest to keep seeing him on the air, I, for one, am very glad uh, if that happens. But the festival is in good hands with uh, lead host is going to be Ben Mankiewicz. Ileana Douglas will be there and a lot of other uh, TCM favorites and uh, a lot of special guests. So we'll talk more about that at the half hour. But before we get to, before Mariana calls in.
1: Let uh, me
2: interrupt you real quick.
0: What, yes, yes. I'm
1: always trying to interject in the, in the least interruptive way and it's never doable because you don't take a pause. You're, I, you're,
0: I can talk and not breathe.
1: You're such a professional,
0: and that's when I start coughing and choking. So
1: <laughs> that's exactly why that. Yes, happens.
0: Brian. What can I do for you today?
1: Well, I'd like to give a Star Wars update for everybody who's following the counter. Star Wars Episode Eight is now only a mere 598 days, 12 hours, and 55 minutes to go. But if that upsets you, we only have 234 days to go until Rogue One. Whoa. And I'm excited for Rogue One. So that.
0: I am very excited because, of course, our behind-the-lens friend, Alan Tudyk, is in Rogue One. Yep. So very anxious to see what happens with that. So there is so much excitement in the film industry right now, be it for classic films, be it for what's coming up. And films that are out in theaters now, the caliber of films, is, especially with the independent films, is getting increasingly better and better. Uh, And one of those great indie films that's out right now is called The Adderall Diaries. And uh, it stars the one and only James Franco. So, yes, all the General Hospital fans, if you're missing Franco, you can see him in The Adderall Diaries. Um, It's a fascinating film that takes a look at personal perceptions and interpretations of memory. It's based on the memoir by Stephen Elliott Memoir of Moods, Masochism, and Murder, and Franco, of course, plays the writer Stephen Elliott. Uh, it's fascinating. It co-stars Amber Heard, Ed Harris, and Christian Slater. It is extremely interesting to watch unfold as points of view shift, as memories are perceived and recalled and reinterpreted. So, I had a chance to sit down for an exclusive interview. With James Franco and writer director Pamela Romanowski. And I had a ch- and this may surprise a lot of you, but The Adderall Diaries, Elliot's book, was the first property that Franco ever optioned. He has since done optioned other projects. He's written his own, such as Palo Alto, and it had that adapted into a film. Um, Gia Coppola did that one. But Adderall Diaries was the first property he optioned. So he talked a little bit about, about being a Renaissance man who teaches, who writes, who directs, who acts, who paints, and how all of this comes together.
3: I love movies about the creative process mm-hmm. and about artists, and those are some of my favorite movies. And so Well,
0: you're such a renaissance man with your creativity that it's not surprising.
3: <clears throat> right. Um yeah, I mean, you know, I uh, have a lot of interests, and uh, um, when I can bring those interests together, sometimes I find that there's a lot of um, a lot of sparks and, and energy is, is is created. So one of the, one of those one of the ways I bring things together is I do I do a lot of adaptations. So I'm turning you know a novel or. Or a story or a poem into a film, and I I like the sparks that are created when mm-hmm. one, something in one form is turned into another, and and the changes that need to be made to sort of remain faithful and loyal to the original. In you know some ways, you know it's impossible to stay completely um, faithful because they're two very different forms. But I, I I really enjoy that process. And then if you can have a film that's an adaptation. Of a book with a writer at the center, then there's a whole other level of you know sort of um, uh, melding of of different forms and mediums.
0: Mm-hmm. How did you, when you first optioned the book? Because I know you optioned it before long yeah, before you went into book, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. into any kind of production or adaptation. What was it about the book that spoke to you since it. It did require such yeah. alteration to become cinematic.
3: Right. The book doesn't scream adaptation. And as much as people love the book, and I think um I remember Jed Apatow saying he loved the book and you know, and, and um, I think maybe one of the reasons it hadn't been optioned was that <laughs> it just doesn't scream movie. But I there were a lot of things in there that I thought were very rich, you know, rich character, the way that he deals with his past, the idea, you know, the fact that he was a writer dealing with his, and dealing with the trauma of his past through his work was, you know, fascinating to me. Um, So I had a sense, it was really the first book I ever auctioned. um, And um, so maybe I didn't quite know what I was doing at the time, I don't know, but um, I had a sense that there was something there to be mine. I didn't know how, but but it was certainly there. It took um, me working with Pam and, and becoming friends with Pam to realize that she was the one to figure it out, but I knew that there was something
0: there. <laughs> and, well, and I just want to give a huge shout-out to one of our going-to-TCM Film Festival members for a moment. Nikki just posted on Facebook that she is actually listening to the show right now. So thank you, Nikki. I hope you're enjoying it so far and enjoying James Franco. But still going along with the Adderall Diaries, you know, obviously, once you hear from James, it's because he is so particular about properties and about uh, performance and direction and writing. You know, it, it takes a lot for him to put trust and confidence into somebody else. And the person he did with this project is Pamela Romanowski. Interestingly, Pamela was one of the grad students that also worked on Franco's movie Color of Time that, if you haven't seen it, it is absolutely stunning, and I I highly recommend it to everybody. It's a very creative film, 13 different directors. We follow the life of a poet. Uh, Once again, Franco stars as a writer. Uh, But each director, there's a a distinct visual palette of what they bring to the table, and it all melds so beautifully. And Pamela was one of the directors involved in that. So she was tapped for the, for the adapt the Adderall diary. So I had a chance to talk to her about adapting this very challenging book and then creating the visual grammar to go with that.
3: Well, that was one of the real tricks of it, I think, because if you know the book, it's not structured in the same way. And the book, although has, you know, very interesting ideas and, you know, an interesting character at its center, it's not... It's not written in a cinematic way. Right. And Pam really had to do a lot of work, two years of work, um, to figure out how it could live as a movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the things that you actually bring out here that really become very clear to us with memories and how emotion alters memories and vice versa and fact versus fiction... And everybody remembering things in a different, with a different POV,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and it's really beautifully executed. And so much of that in your performance, and then with your editing, with your montages, with the flashbacks. How, when you were writing, writing the adaptation,
2: were you developing your visual palette at that
0: point? Yeah. And structure.
2: Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> since I'm a writer and a director, I'm really writing for myself, and I'm writing for my collaborators. So. Um, you know, in I want the screenplay when you're reading it to feel how the film is going to feel, um, and I think you know one of the reasons I was really interested in this material cinematically. There are a lot of themes I was interested in, you know, as a storyteller. the um, The idea that two people can have very different versions of their shared history, mm-hmm. um, I think, is really fascinating and. You know, you, ha- you can get at these themes in a literal way um, to make it cinematic. So, you know, if to get at the idea of we tell our... Inevitably, in telling our story, we cast ourselves as someone specific. Mm-hmm. You have a guy who literally does that. He's a writer whose narratives are based on his own life. Um, to talk about the idea that we often cast ourselves as victims, you know, there's the very literal version of that where in his sex life he casts himself as a victim and acts out these you know sort of fantasy situations Mm -hmm. um in terms of memory I think I think it's fascinating cinematically because the way that movies handle memory with flashbacks that are cued by period music and a title card to me that's not how memory really feels and I can't know how it feels to anyone else but to me it's the it's a it's abrupt and it's an interruption and it's sort of flashes and fragments mm-hmm. and they hit you in the present and they affect you in the present you know it's, mm-hmm. there's an emotional impact even though it's something that happened long ago mm-hmm. um so that was one of the the reasons I was interested as a director um in the material and something I wanted to get at is how you know how can memory feel different cinematically how can I sort of change up the cinematic grammar and Well, and you also, by doing that, you also paid great attention
0: and and care to the detail of your lighting with the different memories. So that your lighting is cued to the happier times of childhood Mm. or the darker times. Mm -hmm. And your whole bandwidth shifts accordingly and appropriately. And I just thought that was a fantastic piece of detail. Thank you.
2: that, That you incorporated there. Yeah, I had, um, my DP is our good friend Bruce, who James also works with, um, yeah, um, so it's great to have people on your team who are all sort of share share the same, um, interests and, you know, are sensitive and sort of finally emotionally attuned to people.
0: And for anybody that wants to read my review on Adderall Diaries or read more or hear more of what, uh. Franco and Pamela had to say, uh, examiner.com, Culver City Observer, British Weekly, Santa Monica Observer, and of course, com. And right now, I am so excited because we have Marianna Palka on the phone. Hello. Hi. Hello, Mariana. How are you? I'm
5: really good. How are you?
0: I am fine. I am so thrilled you could join us today. I'm very grateful to talk to you. Well, you know, you and I actually spoke last year when I moderated when I moderated the Q and A at the ArcLight uh, Slam Dance Cinema Club, and you were there talking about the short documentary "The Lion's Mouth Opens."
4: And you were so good. You were so good
0: to talk to. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's it was just, a real reprieve. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, all I could say about your latest film, "Always Worthy." I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard the show from the other week when your cast of characters was on, but it is mm-hmm. it is one of the greatest love fests and laugh fests that I have had in a year and a half of Behind the Lens, and <laughs> and they love you. That's amazing. They are so funny. Yeah, Amberley and Ian and
4: Eric are a, a riot. They're a laugh a minute. was so funny that you had them on.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I know Tim, it was, Tim was trying to have you on, too, but you... You had a job that paid money, so... I Yeah, I
4: just got a James Franco movie, and I would have been with you guys at that moment if I didn't have that happen.
0: (laughs) Well, and isn't it fortuitous that we were just listening to some excerpts of my exclusive interview with James Franco about the Adderall Diaries?
4: Well, he's so great, and yeah, that's so exciting. I'm very excited to see that film, and I'm very excited to see the film that we just did, which is Faulkner, and it's a rose for Emily and... It's a thrill because no one's done that um, since, I think, Angelica Houston did a version of it mm-hmm. in 1983. Wow. So it was really, really cool, and I got to play Emily, and we are so excited
0: about it. I can't wait to see it. I yeah. cannot wait to see it.
4: But Our director, Kelly Pike, is so talented.
0: Oh. Uh, how do you find it uh, switching up between acting and directing? Do you enjoy that? And because you are an actress, does that help you when you direct?
4: I realized recently that it really does. It does help because I think when I was an actor, I don't think I knew what it was like to be a director because I obviously hadn't done it yet. So when I figured it out, I think it really balanced everything out in this way and I really know it made me a better actress. Like, it made me know more about acting in this way that was fascinating to me. But also, I think, ultimately, when you're going between having all the control on a project to having none of it, I think it's really good for your personality. It makes you a really good person, I think, or a better person.
0: So, now, Always Worthy is really... I mean, I'm just so in love with this film. I mean... Yes, Amberly wrote an amazing script, um, but at the same time, what you have done as a director—you bring this great lightness and frothy fun to the film, Aww. and you keep that. You, you keep that through with your cinematography, with what Vanessa does, and yeah. and Marissa with the editing. Some mm-hmm. of those sequences are just beautifully executed. How did you go about as a director? interpreting the script to create this beautiful visual palette well I
4: think thank you for saying all that I do think it's very light and I think
0: I agree
4: with you that it was fun and everybody did their job really well maintaining that kind of level of lightness about it Um, I do think that when I read the script it was really easy for me to be excited about it because Amberly's my best friend so I just thought it was the most amazing soulful masterful kind of heartwarming project and so I really wanted to do it just I think because we'd just done lion's mouth and I felt a little bit like wow I could really do something funny at this point like do with a giggle um it just felt appropriate to laugh and and be with my friends and and get to like hire all my friends again and it's just so true that cinema heals everybody. You know, it heals the director, it heals the actors, and it is really a force. Um, We all needed that movie, I think, (laughs) in my group of friends.
0: Well, Um, and your group of friends, you take them with you through all of your projects.
4: Truth. Yeah, they all come Oh, my gosh, suitcase of them. (laughs) They all come with me on a bus.
0: I mean, it's fab... I mean, and I think that's fabulous. Anytime directors can do that, because so many many directors they may take the same people with them the same performers the same crew but their material becomes stagnant you mm-hmm. don't you do not stagnate you can look at your project good dick yeah from years ago with Amber Lee small yeah. part but and yeah. then and then look at this now and then even you know with you in the lion's mouth which you know, Jason has a part in, all of your friends are there supporting Mm -hmm. you in, in this, in a, a tough time, but everything is different. Nobody stagnates and nothing feels like, okay, been there, done that.
4: That's cool. They are all different. I think they're all, it's it's kind of like a journey. I think I can see a three act structure so far in my work for sure. (laughs) And I think that what was amazing about my first movie was that I really set such a high standard for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think because I made something that I thought was very artistic and I thought was very good, um, I then had to go and make something kind of even better, you know? And I remember feeling a little bit like, oh my goodness, I've got a second album syndrome coming up. And I wanted to sort of shake that fear out of me or that trepidation, because I think it's really important for artists filmmakers and everybody to just keep making work and continue whether you're whatever you happen to be grappling with I think it's really good to just get it out there and not leave it on the shelf or hide it away because I do think you know Amberly and I were talking about this last week that not a lot of films come out like people make movies and then they're not available for people to watch right. and I think that's fascinating to me that psychology that you would make something but then not show it to anyone <laughs>
0: Yeah, and or that you, you can
4: show it to somebody else.
0: Well, and you know that's—it's a testament to you that you that you make these small projects and you're involved in them, but they do get out there. The audience, yes, they may, do. the audience may be limited, but as with always worthy, it is such a fun film. This film is going to mm. find a wide audience. People are. Yeah, gonna, it
4: has. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: I already people just flock to this. But something, yeah, some, something else I've noticed about your work. A lot of your work, you debut at Newport Beach Film Festival. What is this love affair with you and Newport Beach Film Festival?
4: <laughs> well, they're local. They're so nice. They're local to Los Angeles. Sundance has been very supportive of uh, all my movies, and they're not so far away from LA, too. So they've been amazing. And I was a juror there mm-hmm. one year, and I realized... That being a juror at Sundance is a little bit like being in heaven, <laughs> and that that might be heaven for me. <laughs> I was like that's where I'm going to be, just watching like Russian movies at Sundance. Um, but I just I think that what's so great is that when you can see it in front of an audience, you've really done so much of what you were supposed to do, and the film lives and is breathing in this way that you intended it to. I mean, I did the color and the sound. We all did everything for the the big screen, and we also did it for, you know, people's laptops and people's phones. But it's nice to hear it like a big rock show, the way it was meant to be heard, and, and watch the audience laughing where you wanted them to, and that is just so satisfying.
0: Well, and that's something beautiful about Always Worthy. And while it is a very intimate film, a small ensemble, and you can watch it and still be totally immersed in it on your laptop, on I, yeah. not your phone. Come on, people! Don't watch films <laughs> on your phone. But yeah, I mean, it yeah, you really it you want. on the big screen though. Uh, yeah. It really mm-hmm. the lightness, the brightness, your use of color, the light frothy colors. It really immerses you, and it makes you happy to watch the film. Yeah, it does. I mean, how many films yeah. actually make you happy to watch them?
4: I really take responsibility for that. You know, I think that all of my movies do do that, you know, like I, from a moral kind of, moral is not a word, an ethical point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that my movies are, are definitely taking people and they, they go on a journey and they end up very responsibly in a better place than they were before. You know, I'm, I'm not avoiding the fact that I have your attention for an hour and a half, you know, and I'm going to really use it to the fullest and I think with Worthy she's really a superficial woman in the beginning and then she becomes soulful and she finds through what we see her go through she finds herself and she really makes these huge steps into self-love that I think are just paramount and, and gratifying and I think what's so cool as well is that it's available everywhere so everybody can watch it and it's a movie for everyone and Older people, younger people, everybody really likes the movie. Um, It's universal in that way. And Gravitas has been amazing, the company that released it. They also released Good Dick, and that was the first film. So they started as a small company, and then when we signed with them, we signed a deal with Hulu through them. And Good Dick has been number two of all time on Hulu. Wow. And I was so excited about that. And so basically, Gravitas said that I have a kind of a free pass; like I can make whatever movie I want to, and they'll help with it. And I was just so excited about that. And so when when they released Always Worthy, I just think they're great together in the sense that as a double feature, it's oh, I mean, a, really interesting to watch them together.
0: Well, having seen having seen Good Dick and having seen Always Worthy, I think it's a perfect kind of double feature. And I'm glad that you mentioned yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Gravitas because what they do for independent film yes. and for these small little gems is just amazing and I give them so much credit for, you know, mm-hmm, stepping huge. up to stepping up to the plate to really promote films like this that other distributors, you know, oh, it's too small for us. Yeah, it's good, but it's too small and gravitas doesn't look at things They're like good things come in small packages.
4: And they are very great about understanding the business model. You know, like we actually make money as filmmakers working with Gravitas. They give us, we work with, we keep all of the rights to our film and then they take a little sliver. It's not like they take all the rights, which is always the deal you want to avoid as a (laughs) filmmaker. You don't want to sit down and have someone just take all the money from your movie (laughs) after you've worked so hard. And it's become like real estate in this way because it just makes more money like over time and you realize it's an investment in your life and your future and your kid's future or whatever and that's just so incredible too. So that's been really enlightening to me not just to get to work and work with people I believe in and who believe in me, but to get to work and get paid for it. That's a huge thing and I think that that's just so wonderful and I really believe that the film is also about manifesting. So Amberley and I were giggling because I got to be on Girls' TV show, and there's a line in worthy that Amberley wrote um, about Lena Dunham following Jules on Twitter, and then mm-hmm. Lena Dunham after I did after I did Girls. <laughs> Lena actually followed me on Twitter. Oh and I was like, Oh my
6: god, it's just like Jules, like
4: we always have this thing, like what Jules moment. You know, like if we walk into a wall, we're like, What Jules Moment? But like equally we're like when the most amazing thing happens and luck is beautiful and falls from the sky, we are just like, What Jules moment and we just love saying that. It's so great.
0: Well, what I love is you have actually this is a first, this has not happened on behind the lens before. You were the first director to actually say you have made you can you can make money. You have made money making a movie. So there is hope. Is that true? Honestly. You've only d- ever talked to me saying that. You were the only Maybe. director on wow. the show. Everybody always says no. They haven't recouped anything. No, they haven't. You know, and they're very disheartened. And I was trying and, and boister their confidence.
2: You yeah. are you are
0: a living example that, folks, it filmmakers, directors, it can happen. You can actually make especially money. Especially
4: now, yeah. Especially now when you can be in charge of your own finances. Like if you're working with a distribution company, you ask them, Are you guys transparent? And if they say yes, that means they're going to show you all of their documentation, all of their money, all of the film right. finances, and not hide anything from you. So if a company says, hey, we want to buy your movie, and if you say, oh, are you guys transparent, and then they say no, then you can just be like, thanks, but we're not really interested in working with you. I think that there are some sharks and crooks out there from this like old world of, like, we're going to take your movie away. <laughs> like It's kind of this yeah this strange business model that that everybody decided upon a long time ago because they could, but now it's just like the power is in the hands of the artists, so it doesn't work like that anymore. And you can really choose where your movie goes. And there are places like, I mean, if it's, if Gravitas is not an option, there are other places that have the same business model. It's Gravitas yeah. where you keep your rights, you release the mm-hmm. movie, but it's like you you get to make the money from it. That's so incredible that no one, like, so people, because I just, you know, I mean, like, I come from, my mother has a, a real sense of art making money and those two things being together as mm-hmm. opposed to separate. Like, I never had this, like, starving artist Complex well. or whatever, and my mom's always just been like, "It's a real job. It's not a hobby." You know,
0: that's right.
4: And so, I think going in with that attitude, I think, is a really helpful thing, and and saying no to things that don't work is also really important. You know,
0: yeah. Well, Mariana, I am unfortunately we're out of time. maybe
4: I love you so much. Oh was my God! So great.
0: I hope I hope that you will come back on the show again. And we can spend, you know, like a half an hour and also talk Ooh. about the work that you do for Huntington's, Awareness for Huntington's Disease and all of that. I would so love to do that with you.
4: Yay. Okay, I can't wait to do that. I'm looking forward to it. I oh. love you so much. Oh, Mary, such a great show.
0: Thank you. And I will talk to you soon.
4: Cool. I'm so honored to talk to you. Great to talk to you. Oh,
0: always a pleasure, Mariana. Thank you. Bye, Debbie. Bye-bye. And that was Mariana Palka. And now, Brian is going to put everybody on. You're all there. I see the lines are now solidly lit. You're all there. Kelly?
7: Hello, how
0: are you? Aurora? I'm doing Mickey. Hello? I'm doing Mouseketeer roll call here. So we have Kelly. This is Aurora. Hello, Aurora. And then we have Kristen, are you there? You, yes, I am. And Anne Marie, you Anne Marie, you there? Yes, hi. I'm here. Yay! All Yay. of our t- our TCM social producers are on the line. You know, and people have already been posting and tweeting, they're listening to the show, waiting for you guys. So, I am so thrilled to have all of you on here today. This is very exciting. I agree. I'm super excited to be on. Yeah, well, see, Kelly and Aurora, you've done this before, so, you know.
7: (laughs) All right. We're we're old vets to this,
0: right? Well, (laughs) just like old vets to being social producers at TCM. Now, I saw on Twitter already some people were tweeting, what is a social producer? So can you guys tell everybody what a TCM film festival social producer is and what they do?
7: Who wants to take that one?
1: Um, I guess I guess I will. Um, well, for the way I interpret it when people ask me what it is is you know, just trying to engage with the fans both at the festival as well as out there who can't attend. So driving engagement through social media like Twitter and Facebook, kind of giving people both at the festival who maybe aren't at the places that we're at a taste of what we're seeing and the people who aren't at the festival a little bit of, of what's going on as well.
7: That's a good way to put it, and definitely through social media. I know that that's an emphasis, and it's definitely a tool that all of us happily use all the time.
0: No, really? <laughs> I th- I'm shocked. I think all of us are glued to social media half the time.
6: That's true. Uh, yes,
7: that we are.
6: Um, I want to add, there's about, I want to say about 20 of us, uh, 20 social producers. Uh, each of us uh, were assigned different roles.
2: Mm-hmm. And
6: uh, so you'll see, for instance, I'm one of the official reporters. So I'll be reporting from certain events at the festival across social media as the events are happening. I'll put quotes out there, uh, share pictures, et cetera. And uh, everybody else can do the roll call as to what their their duties will be.
0: Yes, I, I need to know what all of you are doing so that people know how to hunt you down, and how to interact and look for you. Kelly's already got a jump because I already put something on the website about her. Okay,
7: <laughs> big shocker! <laughs> I would get the jump
6: on
0: that. Uh, yeah, sh- yeah.
6: Um, well, okay. I'll be. Well, people can follow me at Citizen Screen on Twitter, um, Citizen Screen page on Facebook as well. And uh, across a Tumblr and uh, an Instagram. And like I said, I'm going to be uh, live tweeting from certain events throughout the festival and hopefully pointing people to the other social producers as well. Everybody can follow, aside from our individual tags, the TCMFFSP uh, hashtag. Yes,
0: yeah, so for everybody listening, so you hear it loud and clear. It's hashtag TCMFFSP, TCM Film Festival Social Producers. And you'll be able to follow everybody, not just these four lovely ladies who
1: I adore. Okay, who's next? Um, I guess I'll, I'll throw mine out. Um, I am doing curated Spotify playlists. So if you follow me at journeys underscore film or you go to um, facebook.com slash Uh, Journeys in Classic Film. It's not up there yet, but it will be. Um, I am kind of giving uh, people a taste of music as they enjoy the festival. So right now, there's a Spotify playlist. Um, It's on my Twitter, the link that you can download if you're preparing to go. It's called Winging Your Way to the TCM Classic Film Festival. So it's got a lot of music um, themed to Hollywood or California or traveling, um, just stuff to get you in the mood. And then as the festival continues, I'll be... Uh, trying to find music that is maybe connected to film, films that are playing or just are inspired by that so everybody can have a little musical accompaniment throughout the event.
0: Oh, I, thi- I think that that's, that's a fabulous idea, Kristen. And I think that, you know, you need to get some theme songs in there, some, some recognizable movie themes in there.
1: I, I got, uh, if you listen to the, the one that's out now, I got, a little, I got a little Harvey Girls on the Atchison Topeka that's on there, um, that's entertainment, a lot of singing in the rain because I love that movie, so yeah, there's a lot of good soundtrack, um, Spotify needs to get more soundtrack music in my opinion um, on there, but it's, it's a good start.
0: Well, I think everybody needs to have more soundtrack, soundtrack music, I mean, you guys know that my master's thesis was on the Hollywood movie musical, so I am a diehard die-hard fan of the movie musical, and we we can't have enough soundtracks for that out there. Agree. Agree. So next one, next one up. Come on, what are you doing? What are you doing?
6: Well, okay,
5: this is Anne-Marie from Classic Movie Hub. So I'm doing a couple of things. Today I'm announcing on the Classic Movie Hub blog. I'm announcing all of the social producers and what they'll be doing and how you can find them and their various social media platforms. Uh, and then, what I'm going to be doing throughout the course of the festival, I'm going to be pushing out gifts of a lot of the movies on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and Tumblr. And then I'm also going to be curating the TCM pinboard for the festival. So I'm pretty excited about it. And making the gifts is fun, but trying to figure out what gifts to make. ah, You know, there's so many great movies and so many great scenes, but that's pretty much what I'll be doing. So if you can follow, if you want to see my gifts, uh, my Twitter handle is at Classic Movie Hub. My Tumblr is Classic Movie Hub. My Facebook is Classic Movie Hub. Surprise. Uh, And what else? My Pinterest is Classic Movie Hub. (laughs) I think you get the drift.
0: So Uh, now, how how can people win or earn gifts, Anne-Marie? Oh no! I'm sorry. Gifts meaning the
1: GIF. Uh, oh, the okay. Animals. Oh, okay.
5: The GIF ah, gifts. Oh, if only I were giving out gifts,
1: that would be great. <laughs> yeah, there, there are there are producers that I've I've seen um, who have mentioned that they're doing contests and and they have little pins and stuff that they're giving away. Um, and I don't know if they've already started promoting that on the TCMFFSP um, or not, but. If um, you guys look around, I think on the TCMFF hashtag right now, there's there's mentions of a couple of contests that are going to be going up during the uh, festival. And speaking of a contest, uh,
0: Ms. Pratt, Ms. Yes. Let, let's trip and fall in the cemetery, Pratt. <laughs> yeah, for for all <laughs> yes, the listeners the out.
7: Pratt is here, uh, as in Pratt Fall. I think. Is yes. I was based in yesterday. Yeah, for all but, you
0: listeners out there, yes, Kelly was was. Got here early for the festival and has been out and about, looking at all of the the wonderful all the wonderful history of Hollywood that has to offer. And she decides to slip and fall.
7: I, yes, I did decide that, didn't I? Uh.
0: Okay, I want to know. Uh,
6: you, may, I, may I add that I was there and it was uh, a lot less pretty than a slip and fall. <laughs> it
0: was okay, pretty. now because this was at the, at the cemetery, were you at least by a famous person's gravesite?
7: You know, I think I was just so overwhelmed uh, in and distracted by the wonder of being there with the likes of Rita Hayworth and John Ford and uh, and Aurora Roslyn Russell. <laughs> oh yes, and and Aurora and Marie and you know, it just uh, so yeah. I think I just was overwhelmed by the by the moment and just felt the need to do a pratfall right then.
0: Well, you know, it it works. You were in Culver City, you know. The home of, you know, of silence and comedy. So, you you know.
7: It was quite appropriate, right?
0: You were right in your element. So now, tell us about your contest because you are one of the people that already has it out there about a contest that people can win things.
7: Yeah, I'm trying to make it fun because, well, that's why we're all here. We're trying to have fun while we're having fun. But, you know, one of the things that I'm going to be doing, it's, it's called a photo scavenger hunt. And wh- how it basically works is uh, folks will get a clue each day, and on some days, two clues a day, on what their photo scavenger hunt is. And, uh, for, for example, I will have, like, one day I may announce, uh, please take a photo of yourself, a selfie, in front of, say, famous footprints or handprints in front of Grum's Tri- Chinese Theater. And then if you show me that lovely photo, and, of course, we need you to tag that to TCM as well so that we know where you are and why you're doing that. And uh, TCMFF would be lovely as well. Um, and then you show that to me, and I will give you a special ribbon.
0: And they're very pretty ribbons in the picture.
7: Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so we're going to have several of these ribbons and several of these clues, and you need to come find me because I'm hard to find. I'm, I'm such a wallflower. That uh, no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, you just I'm melt. You just
0: melt into the pavement, Cal. <laughs> the smile,
7: the big smile, lady, freckles and all, and. Um, on the last day, the fun thing is on the last day you will get like the golden ticket, which is the special champion ribbon. So you can show off to everyone on your TCMFS badge as you've collected all of these ribbons that you are indeed the champion.
0: And will there kind of just fun, huh? will there just be one champion, or can or, or are there going to be more than one?
7: Well, I certainly hope there will be more than one because basically anyone who completes completes all of the clues gets all of the ribbons on sunday will be eligible for the champion ribbon
0: because i know last year a lot of buttons were being given out and kristen i think you were giving out buttons last year and you guys ran out of them
1: well yeah we had i had a lot of extras that people because i got the extras that that were just kind of catch-all so i had i had run out of the the specialty ones and then People were like, I got the ones you have from, like, 18 different people. So, yeah, I, I felt kind of felt kind of blue after that.
0: <laughs> but, you know, nobody expected the whole social producer program to be as successful as it was. And so much of that is due to you guys. Because you were doing it last year, now you're back doing it this year. If you hadn't been so good last year, social producer, it wouldn't be back again. So this, well, is, this I, is because of you guys. I mean,
7: well, we appreciate that, Debbie. But the the fun thing is about last year; it was the first year doing this, and as a result, we trended on Twitter. Right. Yep. So that was the first time ever that TCM announced that they had Twitter. They had were trending on Twitter as a result of the fun stuff we were doing with contests and buttons and other things. So,
1: I mean, this is and I, and I think it's it's a testament, kind of, to how how the the most of us were last year, because I know this year I was a little worried. They, they had mentioned that they were opening the pool up to more more people that they had noticed throughout the year, and, and I had a bunch of people who were writers who were saying, well, how do I do this, you know, this year if, if they contact me? And I was like, I, I kind of didn't want to give a lot of advice because I'm like, but that's my slot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I want this.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. No, when you, when you latch onto something this good, and that you love this much? No, you want to keep it for yourself. <laughs> this is one time you don't want to share. Share the experience of classic film. Share the festival experience. But, boy, you want to be able to just ha- see the joy on people's faces when you hand them a button or hand them a ribbon. What for are... sure. Now, have you guys, with all of this social media stuff you're going to be doing, have you had a chance to plan out? Your own schedules for films? Oh yes. <laughs> oh my! Many times over. How many? Wh- which how m-
7: version, Debbie? Which I was going to say
0: how many? How many revisions have we gone through, girls?
1: Um, mine was all well and good and set until they announced Fade Away, and then I said, "Well, there goes Sunday," because um, that's all I'm doing.
6: <laughs> well, and now that- I'm basically going to be revising till the till I'm sitting in the theaters because. This was a really, uh, really tough year to just to make decisions on.
0: Well, and there are so many great programs this year and so many special, you know, screenings. I mean, the 90th anniversary of Vitaphone. Yes, I'll be there. I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to meeting Ron face-to-face. That'd
7: be cool. Ron
0: Hutchinson? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. you
7: know, it's like you get to know sometimes these folks through through, you know, again, social media, and then we all come together like our, our motherland of, of silver screen to often meet these people face-to-face for the first time. That's honestly another amazing perk to this experience.
2: Well,
0: and there are people, and I, you know, I keep seeing on all the boards, there are so many people that are lamenting they can't make it this year. I know, yeah. you know, our good our good TCM friend, Karen Noski. Karen isn't going to be able to make it this year. That's right, yeah. And that traitor Alan hate not coming. <laughs> yes, they'll be missed.
6: Such, such fun people and such an integral part of, of our festival experience in the past. You know, seeing Kay and seeing um, Alan was always so, you know, it just made, made the whole weekend that much better. But, you know, we'll just have to share a lot more uh, pictures for them to – feel that they're a
0: part of it. Well, and I think that's one of the great things, even with the TCM party hashtag that all of us are involved in all the time. People do feel so inclusive because the films are airing at the same time in each time zone. So, you know, you you can be in Kansas, I can be here, and we can be going back and forth while the film is on. And everybody really gets to connect for... Not last night, not like going to the theater last night, and then, you know, the next person goes the next day. We're all sharing this at one time. Yeah. Which, and and it, it does feel like
7: a family, doesn't it?
0: It
6: does. Truthfully, obviously, TCM, you know, is the core of why we all got together. But I don't know that many of us would have met without TCM parties.
0: No, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, even yeah. even through just having the film festival, but it's all of these offshoots TCM that, you know, have started and that are out there for classic film lovers through TCM. Um, I know a real hot ticket item at the festival now. So many people, they know Ileana Douglas beyond TCM, but they want to mm-hmm. come and get their book signed. True, sure.
1: That's where I'll be. <laughs>
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, all I know is I already have the book. I'm going to bring it, and she better sign it.
1: That's what I said. I'm all, the book is small enough. The book is small enough that I can fit that in my suitcase.
0: Well, mine fits in my purse, so.
1: Perfect.
0: You know. Now, is you know, how do you guys feel about, there's been a lot of discussion about the choice of films this year. Some people are saying yay and nay, you know nay. Some are saying yay. Um, I'm surprised that a lot of people um, are voicing trepidation about All the President's Men as an opening night film, especially given this presidential election year. And, you know, after Spotlight winning the Academy Award, you know, the whole idea of politics and journalism is Mm -hmm. such an important part of film. I think it's an absolutely brilliant choice for opening night Thursday.
1: Sure. I think we saw this, too, last year with a lot of people saying the same thing, that there were too many movies. I think people's hesitation just became more heightened when TCM, and I, I mean, it's understandable from a business standpoint. They want to announce the big films with the big stars, so... The I think it was people starting to realize that all the announcements were more modern or at least non classic era for them mm-hmm. that they started to get hesitant and I was just kind of as somebody who's you know reporting on the entertainment world you know regularly it's, from a business standpoint it makes sense why they would do that but it's something people complain about every year I say everybody has their own interpretation of what classic means whether it's studio era or. You know, twenty, thirty years from the time you're born, or something like that. You know, it, it, everybody's very—that's a very hot button issue in the classic community. What what cla- does classic mean to you? And everybody has a different opinion. <laughs> you
0: know, and I think Charlie Tabish has has really succinctly defined it over the years for everybody. Because every year it comes up. You know, on the day before the festival, people ask. During the festival, people ask. And people, as time goes on, that definition of classic expands. Yeah. And I think you know in order to grow and for the history of film to grow, I think that's that's very important for people to to bear in mind. And because of that, we're going to get to see Rocky. We're going to see Endless Summer with Bruce Brown. And I got to tell you he is to this day one of my all-time favorite interview subjects. Wow. Well, you know, I think
7: I think it's also important to note Debbie that um you know, while we all kind of have our own definition of where the line is drawn for classic versus non-classic, and and there's always, you know, it's impossible to please everyone, and I, you know, I can only imagine the tasks that the TCM folks have to do with this festival, but, you know, the one thing that definitely um, that I experienced every single fest, and I know a lot of my friends do, is Because they give you so much variety and choices across every time slot, for me, the problem is how do I narrow it down? Like, how do I pick just one? So even though there's always going to be some that I may not define as classic maybe or maybe, gee, I would have picked another, the truth is we always have difficulty finding out how to clone ourselves so we can be in more than one place. Well, That's I, the
0: real challenge. You know, if somebody ever part figures part. that out, will you please let me know? Because I, I really need like four or five clones of me. You know. For all sorts of n- purposes. You know, now I notice we're going to have two Robert Redford films at the fest this year. That's right. I know. The Way We Were and All the President's Men. So is anybody.
7: How lovely
0: would that be? How lovely it would be if he would be there or if Dustin Hoffman. Exactly. Could be a last minute. Oh, that minute. would have been amazing,
6: and to have him with Barbara introducing the way we were would have been a, a dream.
1: You know, we don't we don't want Robert Redford there because I'll pass out. And you'll have to rev- somebody's <laughs> going to have to revive me. That's just that's just what's going to
0: happen. <laughs> a, uh, well, just out of an abundance of caution, I will put smelling salts in my purse just for you.
1: <laughs> exact. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to have to put ice packs in there for Kelly. I'll put you know smelling there salts in there for you. You know, you guys. Now, is there any one film or one special thing that each one of you is most looking forward to? Um, for me,
6: I can start. Um, the Manchurian Candidate with Angela Lansbury introducing it is special. Absolutely. That's the one thing. That's, yeah. that, that's my absolutely have-to-go-to to event. Although there... The entire schedule was difficult to decide, but that's that's
0: my um, yeah. Did you get a chance? Yeah. Were you there a couple of years ago when Angela was there uh, for Gaslight?
6: Um, I didn't
0: see that. What what year was that? Uh, what was it? Three years ago, because about I d- think about five years. years ago. Because I they got me a, an interview with her, and it was one of the greatest interviews ever, uh. ever. Um, I
6: wasn't there that year. I'm so jealous. Yeah, that she was.
0: She was amazing. So I'm so thrilled that she's coming back yeah. this year. And what about for the rest of you?
5: Well, this is Anne Marie. I have to say, for me, the non-negotiable is Manchurian Candidate as well. I, you know, because I I've never seen Angela Lansbury live, and I would love to hear an interview with her. But also, what a great film! So that for me is. Probably one of the top, although, yeah, it changes daily, and Aurora and I have been through this. We did a, a short clip on trying to decide what we were going to see, and every minute it changed. But I would say that that's my non-negotiable.
1: Okay, what about for you, Kristen? Oh, for me, it's, it's tough. Um, I probably would say Faye Dunaway. That for, even though I know we're probably not going to have a big, long talk about Mommy Dearest, um, I still I still need to go because I, I think she's so phenomenal. like um, it's either that or the, the film score panel they're doing with Michael Giacchino because I am a huge fan of his, his composing. Oh, so my. I, it's a toss-up between those two.
0: And he's the nicest guy in the world. Really? I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, my <laughs> I God. I love him so much. I, I Yeah, I did a sit-down with Michael for uh, Cars 2. Okay, and okay. And we joked forever about the fact that he actually composed music for Mater being in a toilet stall in Tokyo. It, it, it.
1: <laughs> well, I, I felt bad telling everybody a, a couple of days ago that between the festival, I, I'm so excited to go see The Wizarding World. We're doing that Wednesday when I fly in. I'm like, I know it's not fest-related, but it's it's a whole land devoted to Harry Potter. So that's what I'm doing before <laughs> I pass out from, you know, six days vacation in but, L.A. <laughs> but look at it this way.
0: One day, Harry Potter will be on TCM. Without a doubt. Uh, don't,
1: tell, don't tell people that online. They'll lose their mind because, according to them, it's it's one commercial away from that happening on TCM. <laughs> no,
0: it's going to be years from now. So, you know, they will look back fondly. In the meantime, they have to go ride the rides at the Wizarding World. You know, and what about for you, Kelly? What's the one thing you're looking uh, for? You know, I
7: really don't have a one thing. I think that it, I am so happy to see all the choices that we have. I mean... An opportunity to see Rita Moreno is, like, amazing. Um, but there are so many great choices across that, and because there, you always have to have a, a plan B, plan C in mind, I'm never disappointed. My favorite era is pre codes and 30s, and, you know, that's represented as well. So I'm, you know, and then we get the big stars, and then we get these fabulous, huge films. I'm not going to be disappointed. There's not just one thing other than I'm happy to be with my my family again.
0: The the, the real family, the TCM family. My real family.
7: You know, your Your biological family. family. But there's the chosen family, and I choose to be here. I love it.
0: Well, you know, and, of course, I think one of all, based on everything I see on TCM Party all the time, the fact that they're having the more the merrier as one of the films, I think that sums up the festival better, yeah. than, a- better than anything. The more, the merrier. That's the
7: hottest kissing scene ever, Oh, my evening. gosh. One of my yes. favorite time. Like, the hottest scene ever? Yep. I would say. I would say. <laughs> oh, Talk my. Talk about smelling salts, Debbie.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, so I need to
1: have more than just for Kristen.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: yes, you might want to have, like, a whole pallet, just in case somebody needs it. Oh, my God.
0: And, <laughs> and, I of course, I guess we should let everybody know that the boutique to buy all of your TCM souvenirs is moved this year. It's not in the Roosevelt. It's, That's right. It's now going to be on the second level as you're riding the escalator up from the Grauman's or the TCL Chinese Theater. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you
7: pointed that out. That upstairs. Is a
0: so it'll be at suite where the candy place there. So when you get tired of, of climbing the stairs, you can stop and buy yourself T-shirts and all <laughs> kinds of good TCM goodies. So, stop. So now, how will everybody find you? Are you guys going to have a special badge or special lanyard or
1: something? Yeah, our passes have um, a little SP um, on the corner. So we all have classic passes, so... You're looking for the It's a Wonderful Life, um, Jimmy Stewart one, but each of us has one, at least mine does. I don't know about that, about Kelly and them, but mine uh, it has a little SP that says Social Producer on it.
0: Yep. Well, that is very good to know. And will I have to, to take my glasses off to see it? <laughs>
1: Maybe a little. It looks
6: pretty. I We haven't picked ours up yet. We're going to pick them up on Wednesday morning.
1: But from what I it it kind of looks like a like a stamp. It's kind of medium, but you know, it's not giant. (laughs) Okay. Well, ladies, Brian is
0: yelling at me that we're all out of time. Oh Uh my! So I will see all of you on Wednesday. Everybody else, everyone else, can start looking for you on Thursday. And in the meantime, we'll get the video of today's show and all of your social media stuff on there so people can find you and follow you and win stuff and have fun. Great. Well, thanks
6: thank for having us so on, Debbie. It was fun.
0: Guys, thank you so Bye. much. And I'll see you later Bye, this week. Bye. 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 And that, that's all we have. the time we have today, guys. So if you're in L.A., get tickets. Go see TCM Film Festival in Hollywood. There are still tickets available. Maybe not passes, but tickets. And until next week, I'm Debbie Elias. This is Behind the Lens.